OddCert would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we record this podcast. We pay respect to elders, past, present and emerging, and any First Nations people listening today. We also want to acknowledge that these lands have always been places of learning and sharing of information, and that is the essence of this podcast. Welcome to the OzCert podcast, Share Today, Save Tomorrow. I'm your host, Anthony Karawana, and for this episode, I'll be joined by the heads of Australia and New Zealand's two certs, David Stockdale and Rob Pope. But before that, for the last episode of Series 1, we're going to have a special treat, which is my co-host, Beck Chebb, and I are actually going to talk to each other instead of introducing different segments. How are you doing, Beck? I'm great. How are you today, Anthony? I am fabulous. We're just on the back of the conference for 2022. We've kind of just come out. We've almost recovered. We feel like we've almost recovered. It was, was a some big of the one. Hot, it was a big one. And it was, wasn't it great to see so many people? I think that's the most people I've seen in one place in quite some time. So it was really great that people actually came out. I'm still just so stoked that so many people were keen to get back face-to-face. You know, we did do hybrid just to make sure that our friends that couldn't travel or be with us could be involved. But to have, you know, over 700 people together at the Gold Coast was pretty spectacular. And I'm sure everyone's going to pencil it in already for next year now that we know that we're well and truly back into face-to-face and live events. Well, on that front, it is the same week at the same venue if you like to mark your calendar. (laughs) Awesome. That's great. So what were your highlights from the conference? I have to say Kath Koshal as the opening keynote on Thursday was definitely my highlight. It was, you know, a bit experimental in our program committee. I did pitch the idea of Kath. I think it was the first time we've ever had a keynote that wasn't pure cyber as content. And for those that haven't seen her presentation, you do have to catch it up because her message of kindness and resilience is just something next level. Like I've just never experienced anyone's story that touched me in such a way. And everybody over the next two days was, that's, all I heard from delegates were like, wow, I just can't believe that opening keynote. Yeah, it's really interesting. I've been to a lot of cybersecurity conferences over the years, and some of the most fascinating speakers have been not your traditional cyber people. I remember I went to one one of the RSA events in San Francisco, and they had, you know, we had Sean Penn. Wow. One year, which is a really, really weird person to kind of have at a cybersecurity conference. But the other one that I found really fascinating at one of those events was the actor Alec Baldwin. And he, because yeah, he'd been working at Sony. I'd love to see him. <laughs> and it was funny because he was, he'd worked at Sony and had just been working on a picture at Sony and it was on the back of the Sony hack. So he was able to give a really human perspective, a completely non technical view of what it feels like to be hacked. And it, I think it's something that kind of escapes us when we're on the technical side or on the, you know, inside the business of dealing with cyber. And he was talking about how. They had to change the way they communicated because they got scared of using email um, in case they said something untoward on an email and it came out. So he said it was quite fascinating. People were back to using pens and paper and meeting physically instead of doing everything electronically for a while. I'm sure that's changed over the last couple of years, but it was quite fascinating. So often that's the non-traditional cyber people that have got the best insights, I think. It's funny you say that because I think that's what's really come out of the conference for me is that it's this human side of cyber is really shining at the moment. You know, we've been so focused on the technology for so long. And and so I really feel like people was the theme this year. And it came out in tutorials, it came out in presentations and, and from so many different aspects. And yeah, everything comes back to people and how they're affected, what that flow is, how they feel. So I really like that we could really diversify the program. It's not yeah. just all this 
here's this one sort of stream. It was so diverse. It was great. Yeah, and I think the other thing that's really interesting is that it's it's been the last few years where we've had this word, this term, the human firewall, and we yeah. we we treat humans as if they're another piece of the security machine. And I think the transition's been that over, and I know from the last couple of OSCERTs in particular, where we've we've dealt with the issues of resilience and self-care for cybersecurity professionals, we're starting to really see that there's a much more human side rather than just a mechanistic or technical side. That was certainly something that I saw come through when I spoke to people as well. Yeah, that's great. And I think one of, I mean, I was very fortunate. I got to interview a whole bunch of different people while I was there and talk to them. OSCERT conference for me has now turned into being locked in my hotel room and parading people in and out every hour for interviews, which is a lot I'm, of fun. I'm sorry we keep you locked away like a hermit. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, I, I did say to a couple of people, it was um, at one point, I think I'd interviewed three or four women, one after the other. And I'm pretty sure if there'd been a security camera by my door with me parading different women in and out of my room every hour, there might have been questions asked and certainly some questions to answer at home. That'll be the was... offset rumour of this year's <laughs> conference. <laughs> I love that you said that, Anthony, actually, because I think the diversity in our program this year of women, I kept just thinking rock star women was my theme for this year. So, you know, having Leslie Carhart on Friday morning as our keynote, having Shana, having Bex, Jasmine Woolley from Trustwave, Jess Dodson. Yep. It was just such a great cast of amazing women that I'm so proud to see there. And the great news is, for those of you listening today, is that most of those women that uh, Beck just mentioned, what you interviewed and will be speaking on the OzCert podcast throughout season two, which starts in just about three weeks or so from now. They were all fascinating people who spoke to. I, I loved speaking to Jasmine about the impact of Indigenous culture in cyber. I think that was just such a fascinating topic to talk. So I'm really looking forward to that podcast. Her topic through. was great, but I don't know if you realise that she'd never presented before at a conference before. That was she her told first me presentation. That. Yeah. yeah, she told me that. So that was pretty exciting. She smashed it. It was great. Yeah. Start big. You know, don't exactly. start with the small room, put it in the main hall in front of everyone. So that was really fascinating. The, the, the conference obviously is almost the crowning jewel of the Earth in the OzCert crown for the year, but there are lots of other things that go on through the year. Have there been any other particular highlights you wanted to mention? It, it has been a crazy year at OzCert. I can't believe how much has happened in that last year. I think training has really come to the forefront for us. You know, it is something that we're quite passionate about, but I've really seen so much interest from our members. You know, we are hosting our own sessions that we, you know, people can buy one or two seats in. But to be honest, most of our effort at the moment is member organisations saying, no, I need to put our entire workforce through this. So, you know, we've got some really simple ones like intro to cyber for IT professionals, which is, you know, probably our most popular course. But it's, it's so true that many IT departments have taken on that cyber function. So it really empowers those staff to know more of those principles and really own those cyber tasks that they're allocated. So that's a great one. We've got cyber risk management through Gary Gaskell. He's a great friend of OzCert and one of our trainers. So that's, you know, there's no one that does risk training like Gary. We can't replicate that. So I'm so pleased that he does that for us. Yeah, he's and definitely our, one of the gurus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get better than Gary, right? Yeah, so it, training has definitely been something that's kept us so busy. We are continuing to expand our threat intelligence and our feeds. It's something that we've been passionate about with our members for you know quite some time now, but it's it's really about how we can connect with our members and, and make life easier for them. We're, we're in a really good safe space at Osset where we can just really be here for the greater good and just make our decisions about moving forward on how we can help people. Does it fit our remit, which is really good. I guess that's one of the benefits of being a not-for-profit is that you don't have to worry about whether there's, you know, 10% left over so that you can do other stuff. Um, it's really about making sure that you deliver great services and not just 
for that one time, but also being ready to do it over and over and over again. And I think that's one of the great things about the training. And even this podcast is an example of that. It's a, it's a living resource where people can go, oh, wow, I really want to know about industrial IoT. Where can I go and listen to that? And you've got the expert. You've got Leslie Carhart, who comes in and says, this is the stuff you've got to worry about. It was the same with some of the other speakers that I spoke to throughout, the, throughout those two days. It's just everyone had a great story to tell. And just if really, it wasn't like there was a time when cyber was kind of boring. It was just like firewalls, endpoint protection, do the right thing, you know, tick some and boxes. It was so on negative, you know, like that's what I remember. The theme was like, oh my gosh, this is so heavy. But now it's actually exciting and, and pushing the boundaries and, and yeah. learning new things. And cyber is now an advantage. It's no longer just purely, a, you know, a bucket of money that you have to throw at the wall and hope that it sticks. It's now, you know, you're starting to think about it more strategically. So I think that's really been one of the great things that we've been able to do over the last few years, certainly through the OSET conference, is bring that out more and more. Um, so we're going to just finish up now. So that's been a really great chat. For those of you that are still listening in, following now, we're going to be talking, I'm going to be chatting with Rob Stockdale. Sorry. I'm going to be chatting with David Stockdale and Rob Pope, and that's going to be our last episode for this season of the OzCert podcast, Share Today, Save Tomorrow. Next season, we'll get a whole bunch of really great guests. We've already recorded quite a few of the interviews, but we'll be pitching in a few other bits and pieces through the year. You'll get to hear from Beck each month as she gives us the roundup of what's going on and also speaking to some of the other great people who work within OzCert. Um, I know we, we listened to, we heard Mike and David quite a few times last year, and I think Mark Curry-Smith also spoke a few times. So hopefully we'll hear a few of the others from the OSCERT team come through and share their insights. I mean, it'd be great to be able to hear. some analysts to join me. Yeah, bribe an analyst. <laughs> you know, that could be the new competition at OSCERT. We'll have bribe an analyst. So if you can think of a good way to get an analyst to speak on the, on the podcast, drop Beck a line or drop me a line and we'll try to do that. But certainly it's been a great time chatting to you again, Beck. So thanks very much. Thank you. This has been such a novelty. It's nice to, to talk directly and, and have that chat instead of our two separate conversations. So thank you. It was really nice. Now it's time for my interview with Rob Pope, the head of CERT NZ, and David Stockdale, the head of OzCert. Thanks for joining us, guys. It's, it's really exciting to have the, the two leaders of the CERTs in the ANZ region with us today. We've got Rob Pope from CERT NZ and David Stockdale from OzCert. So welcome, gentlemen. It's great to have you here today. Thank you, Anthony. Pleasure. Thanks very much, Anthony. A really great place to start this conversation is what's the threat landscape look like in our region? Maybe, Rob, if you want to talk to us a little bit about what you're seeing in New Zealand. I think the first comment would be that we're seeing a much more sophisticated use of cyber attack weapons, really targeting at our economic backbone, which in New Zealand's the small business comprises over 95% of our economy. And uh, it's relatively rich pickings for a lot of these targeted campaigns. So we put the nation state stuff to one side. The majority of the issues we are seeing relate predictably to phishing, scams, frauds, ransomware, malware. And certainly since CERT's been in existence, uh, that's lifted in terms of frequency, volume and um, sophistication. Thanks for that, Rob. It's interesting because, you know, Traditionally, SMBs are the hardest people to get the messages through to as well. Do you find that that's a challenge for you guys? Yeah, I think we, I think we do. I think we all do. I think um, there's an expectation that uh, everything is safe to, in SME land, and they're not really aware. They're, they're focused on doing their business, 
and they're not focused on the threats and they don't have anybody who, who's actually knowledgeable in that space quite often to bring it to them. So I think one of the issues that we face is actually getting these messages across to, to these types of people. And as Rob says, you know, Australia is the same, that, that the small, medium enterprise business market is, is a huge part of our economy. So it's very important. And yeah, certainly in New Zealand, the cybersecurity environment uh, from a response and awareness uh, perspective is quite fragmented. And for whether it's individuals, businesses, larger organisations, it's quite confusing about trying to understand what to pick through and, and what's relevant and what's not. Um, and where does the risk really sit? So I think that's one of the challenges um, and the opportunities we've got in New Zealand about how do we actually provide a more coordinated and joined up government and NGO response so that we can support not only small business, but larger organisations and in the New Zealand context, individuals. Is that one of the really big challenges is because SMBs often think that they're operating in, but the reality is that they're, they're often part of a much broader ecosystem. They don't necessarily always see that, you know, SMBA is a supplier or partner of SMBB and they might jointly be supplying another large enterprise and that large enterprise might be providing services to a bunch of other SMBs and suddenly you've got this very interconnected marketplace. Is that is that one of the challenges is that SMBs often don't see that a problem with their security has much broader implications? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, I think everybody's talking about the supply chain now. But, and, and we know we're talking about it because there's been some really big incidents. But when you think about it, that whole supply chain involves small businesses feeding into bigger businesses. And, you know, compromising a small business can lead to a compromise in a much larger organization. So I think that's that's true. I don't think they, they think about that. I don't think there's any particular forums that they're part of or groups where, where they, they do think about themselves as a group of people and how they tackle this problem together or where they can seek advice from other than say the national certs or you know cert nz or or, or acsc and but and and some of the obviously ngos like ourselves are and that was certainly become a member so but they don't they quite often don't know about some of these things until they targeted until it becomes an issue is that uh, your experience as well rob Oh, look, I totally agree with David, and I think it's earlier comment about, particularly you seem to focus on their business, they really have this tension between keeping themselves afloat and, and solvent uh, versus uh, some of these broader, not necessarily um, front of mind issues around cybersecurity. So I think that that is the big challenge, and David, I think, has nailed it quite nicely about how do we get the messaging out, how do we connect people, and how do they understand the context of their uh, broader part in the um, supply chain. So that's probably a good place to start talking about where do you guys fit into that? You know, what's the role of certs in helping all of these businesses? Not just, I mean, traditionally people think of certs and they think of, you know, banks and large telcos and large organisations who can use the information coming from certs in a very meaningful and positive way. How do certs actually go out into that entire supply chain or ecosystem? Well, again, you've uh, identified the quite comedian-like description of, of descriptor of certs around the globe. There are many things to many people. And in New Zealand, I think we're quite lucky. We've been established as a, a national cert that has a very broad constituency, 5 million Kiwis, and focus on small business, larger organisations. And our remit really is to build a much more comprehensive understanding of the cyber threat landscape. 
And my earlier comment about a fragmented cyber ecosystem, our other key focus is how do we coordinate and pull all of these threats and different issues into something coherent that we can then translate and share with audiences right across the spectrum. So one of our main focus points is not so much, uh, while we do provide a response capability for individuals and organisations, our main focus is on a preventative and information sharing type collateral. So getting the message out and where to target uh, most effectively. And for a relatively small entity, uh, that is a challenge for us, but uh, we are starting to make inroads. And after four years of establishment, uh, we're starting to build uh, an understanding of different organizations, different people, uh, knowing how to report, where to report to, and then where we can refer that off to other parts of the system uh, for resolution and incident management. I guess that's a, that's a pretty big contrast in that, isn't it, David? We, when you compare, you know, OzCert's got, you know, over two decades of established presence in this space compared to, you know, not quite half a decade in New Zealand. Mm. What Can you talk a little bit about perhaps what you guys are doing within Australia to hit all those different constituents? Yeah, yeah I can. I mean, I, I first saw a call out and acknowledge, you know, certain Z sort of that five years and what they've established in that time, which is which is fantastic. And I, I look to that in a very positive way. I think that it's great. I, I think one of the things about Assert is its trust. It's a it's an imp- it's impartial uh, nature of Assert. And I think that's really important. And I think, I think we are, when we think about, like Rob has said, you know, we think about, we do some incident response, but we don't do the big fly-in type incident response type of stuff. That's not really what we are. We're about providing the threat intelligence, providing information to, to help people and make themselves safe and also provide that sort of the training and information type stuff. And I think that's where CERT, CERT really has a, has a, a place in the, in the world. I think we need to be known as, as being trusted and impartial. I think we need to uh, help inform the conversations as much as possible at all levels, whether that's at the, you know, we talk about the C-suite, we talk about the general public, we talk about small businesses. We need to be out there in, in uh, visible a lot more and, and pass that information on and provide help, uh, whether it's with threat intelligence, whether it's just sort of some, some good information, whether it's some good practice. So I think that's I think that's where the future of certs lie. But I think it's really about getting the, uh, more and more people to understand what a cert is. So I'm very interested, Rob, with you guys only being um, out there for about five years or just under five years. How did you start? Like, what was the impetus for starting, and, and what have been the things that you focused on the most? At the beginning of this, without going too much back into history, CERT was actually established as a result of a cybersecurity summit of private and sector and government organisations coming together. And out of that summit came an overwhelming demand by um, a range of constituents about having a more joined up entity or an entity that could actually join up the system. And that came through very strongly in terms of private sector sentiment. And as a consequence of that, CERT was gestated through the government system. So when we first started, to be quite frank, we had a blank canvas. We knew nothing. And uh, we had an awful lot of assistance and support from our Australian colleagues and advising us really about where not to go and how not to actually establish yourself. And going to, to a lot of David's points, it's about how do we set ourselves up as an agnostic and trusted organisation. The key themes were people wanted authoritative information information they could rely on to actually 
develop and deliver their own mitigations and protections in cybersecurity. So that came through very, very strongly right from the beginning. So our operating ethos has always been about quick receipt of issues, threats, incidents, and how quickly in real time can we communicate that to organisations and SMBs to actually undertake their mitigations. And uh, that's been a quite a healthy sort of approach to take. We've had some good feedback, particularly from the private sector and also government organisations about the appreciating that uh, it's good to be near to or ahead of the game as opposed to hearing about it three months later. So that, that's our approach. The other one is trying to actually make um, CERT sexy or cybersecurity sexy. Um, so we try to put, put a bit of an edgy messaging in terms of how we actually get uh, information out to people from the um, over 60s cohorts to the youngsters coming through in the cybersecurity environment. How, how do you actually get the, the, uh, the message in an entertaining, interesting, but impactful way? And that challenges some of our creative juices, but it's good fun. And I think actually, Rob, you make a really good point about. I mean, making it sexy is great. Now, your website looks really good. I, I love, I love <laughs> that. But, um, but I, I think it's it's about also, you know, you talk about the over sixties. It's about getting people to realise this is everybody's problem. This is, and I think, I think some, you know, our, our commercial vendors play a really important part. All the commercial companies, but that's not their mission. <clears throat> Whereas I think our mission is to really to help make everybody understand it is the problem so even if you look in an organization quite often it's say you know if you look at it on a professional organization it's often seen as an it problem it's not it's the it's that everybody's problem in the business but that extends out into into us as, as individuals whether it's home or whatever so and i think that is a key that is a key part of our mission to to help make it understand everybody has to deal with it so if you make it sexy, people tend to get on board a little bit. We've talked about a lot about the, the changing threat landscape. You know, uh, Rob's mentioned the increasing sophistication of attackers. We've talked about the volume and velocity of attacks is constantly escalating, it feels like. It, every time I read a, a threat report coming out from a vendor or a threat report coming out from one of the um, government security agencies, we see the numbers keep going up. The amount of money that's lost keeps going up. The threat vectors that are being exploited seem to be new or they go back to old ones. We forgot we're there and all those sorts of things are going on. How do we go about building a, a security strategy that's going to protect us from not just for this year, but for maybe the next two or three years? I don't think we can look ahead much more than about two years. What does security transformation strategy look like? What's that going to look like? What sort of thing, what are the things you're worried about for 2022 and beyond? Well, I, I, okay, I think there's two parts to this. I think acknowledging the the velocity of change is very important, but let's not get hung up on it to the extent I think we are sometimes. Let's think about going back to basics. So let's go back to good housekeeping. And Anthony, you've already mentioned it. You know, we, we get caught up by vulnerabilities that have existed from years ago. Okay, there's some really good housekeeping things to do. You know, make sure we're well patched. Make sure we do authentication correctly. Let's make sure our culture is correct and everybody understands that they have a part to play. Do those things. And we, we sort of set up to do uh, a lot of the things that we get caught out about now. But having said that, you know, we need to be aware of the of the velocity of change. And and it seems like every day there's if it's not a zero day exploit, it's a, it's a new vulnerability that's been discovered. It's sort of it's almost a zero day. And they're coming at us very, very fast. I think the other thing that we can do to try to try to address that is start acting more of a single body. 
come together more, whether that's in verticals of you know, communities in, in sectors with certs, you know, being part of those conversations. But start acting together. If we don't start acting together, if we if we fragmented to the extent that we're fragmented at the moment, then I don't think we're ever going to address it because we know that we know that the the actors are well coordinated these days. So we have to fight them in their own game and be and be strategic and joined up. What about for you guys, Rob? What do you what what what's your advice? Just building on what um, David said, I, I think there needs to be an understanding uh, with the rapidity of change in the technology and cyber area that to requote Chamberlain, there's no peace in our time. Uh, we know that there's going to be a constant attack on systems and devices and uh, people's livelihoods. And I think an acknowledgement and understanding and awareness that, uh, that this is the age we live in, that is a good starting point in terms of a grounded reality. The businesses and people, I think, are always best placed to actually understand their respective risks. I think the motivation for moving from that to a a safer place is that there needs to be a shift of thinking from security is a nice to have to a must. But that um, accepting that, it needs to be proportionate to the risks that either individuals or organisations are actually experiencing or understanding. And phrase about Rome wasn't built in a day, but they were laying bricks every hour, I think is a good positioning point to start in terms of looking towards security transformation. And David's quite rightly pointed out, I think low-hanging fruit around those simple hygiene approaches are ones which will give people a lot of confidence about moving along the spectrum. And this contestability, I think, between awareness and um, investment into security versus uh, maintaining an appropriate level of business continuity, I think, is the biggest challenge. And that can be quite overwhelming. And I I think for groups like CERT New Zealand, uh, in terms of how we can ease that understanding and passage into reasonably uh, robust cyber security postures, it would be a good thing. But it's a long journey. The other thing is it's a journey without an endpoint. I think that's the thing that I think I've seen most organisations understand suddenly is that security is no longer a three-month project. Compliance is great, but compliance is point-in-time checkboxing, I guess. You know, I don't want to diminish the role of the importance of compliance, but it's only a point-in-time compliance. But I think your point about Rome wasn't built in a day, but they laid bricks every day is really important, and you've got to keep laying those bricks and making sure that the bricks you laid yesterday are still flat, still straight. I think one of the big challenges over the years is um, a, how we actually get to a understanding about having a, a positive cybersecurity culture where you've got the appropriate authorising environment because uh, a lot of the reports that have been coming through to CERT New Zealand reflect that a lot of employees don't feel confident or empowered to actually raise security issues. And that becomes a, is it a leader-led culture? And how do those values um, that are important to ensuring a robust um, cybersecurity strategy, how are they properly embedded into businesses? And I think that's a, a real challenge. Well, gentlemen, this has been a fascinating discussion and it's been, it's a very rare opportunity that we get the, the two leaders of the ANZ, of ANZ's two certs together around a table even a virtual table. So it's been a really great discussion. If someone came to you and said, what's the most important thing that CERT NZ does? What would be your one sentence answer for that? We are providing people with the right information and advice to improve their chances of not being compromised or harmed through cybersecurity 
uh, attacks. And David, what would be your one sentence answer? Very similar. It would be about lifting the knowledge of everybody, the whole commune, from businesses to the individuals to, to large organisations. Well, we look forward to seeing you both perhaps together in one room one day at a one of the CERT conferences that's coming up. Thanks for listening to this episode of Share Today, Save Tomorrow, the OzCert podcast. Thanks to our guest, Rob and David, and a special thank you to my co-host, Beck. We'll be back next month with the first episode of Series 2 of Share Today, Save Tomorrow, with more guests and a look into the Australian cybersecurity scene. If you want to know more about OzCert, be sure to visit ozcert.org.au.